0: Today's guest is Dr. Thomas Curran, a psychologist and lecturer at LSE who specialises on the thorny and intriguing topics of perfectionism and burnout. So today's focus is all about the impact of perfectionism on our mental health. Over to you, doctor.
1: My name is Tom Curran. I'm a lecturer, assistant professor at the London School of Economics. My main area is social psychology. The Thing that i'm particularly interested in right now is the personality characteristic of perfectionism how it impacts on our lives uh, where it comes from and what are some of the cultural frames of reference and norms that are leading to its
0: rise okay so as you say we're here to discuss perfectionism so i think the right thing to do for a science-backed podcast is to start scientifically then so uh, can you actually define perfectionism for us please
1: so when we think about perfectionism, we we think of a, a sort of quintessential overstriver, I suppose, uh, someone who uh, have excessive standards, a high achievers, almost sort of on the sort of spectrum of workaholic. But when we scientifically look at what perfectionism is, and we study perfectionism, we talk to perfectionists, and we work with perfectionists, what we tend to find is it's a little bit more complicated than just those high self-set standards that most of us think of when we think of perfectionism. But actually, it does have a personal element, and we call that in the scientific community self-oriented perfectionism, so those high self-set goals and excessive standards and and a little bit of self-criticism too that comes in when we don't reach those high standards. There's other elements too and, and the cl- the more we talk to people and the more we observe perfectionists, the more we realise that, that there are social factors and perfectionists are particularly sensitive to the social environment. They feel like the social environment is excessively demanding. They perceive that the uh, others in their environment and I guess the broader externalised other, I suppose culture, is also excessively demanding and that people are just judgmental and punitive when they haven't reached high standards. So that's called socially prescribed perfectionism. And then the third element of perfectionism is other-oriented perfectionism that's sort of projected outwards onto others. This is something that we see less often, although I'm sure we can all think about people in our lives that might be on that spectrum. And that's where we expect people to be perfectionistic, we expect them to achieve high standards, and we're very harsh and judgmental uh, when they haven't.
0: Right. So, I mean, having conducted, I'd say probably easily a hundred plus interviews, job interviews, this is, sorry, in my life with potential employees, the one golden question, obviously, you know, what's your biggest flaw? I guess the most common answer I get is I am a perfectionist. The question is, how come everyone is so goddamn perfect when they're doing interviews? What's that about?
1: Well, I think it's, it goes back to what we think that people value in our culture and our society. And, and I hear it a lot too there's a sort of begrudging sense that I know this is bad, but at the same time, I believe that you're going to value me more if I tell you. So this idea that we know perfectionism has some baggage, okay, it's going to lead to to some excessive striving and some mental health difficulties, perhaps. But if I demonstrate that I'm willing to sacrifice those areas of my life for success and drive in the company that I'm going to work for, then you're going to look at me and you're going to value me more because I'm willing to go above and beyond that perhaps other people aren't. So in our culture and in our society, particularly right now, we have a very competitive society and things are more difficult for young people in particular to get jobs and move up the career ladder. Those sorts of frames, those sorts of uh, language, I think in, in their minds are very important or what they think other people think are important. And that if they display and show that they're willing to sacrifice themselves for success, that people will hire them. Uh, and I think that's what's happening here. But perhaps as we go on to find out, that that's a misunderstanding of what perfectionism really is.
0: Well, I guess before we get on to the uh, the question probably everyone does want to know, which is, you know, what are the downsides? What are the negative effects? Let's start happy. What are the positive effects and benefits almost of perfectionism then? Well,
1: on an optimistic note, what we know from the literature is that a little bit of perfectionism on the spectrum, uh, and particularly self-oriented perfectionism, uh, might not necessarily be a bad thing, in the sense that we know that there are certain outcomes, particularly performance outcomes, that we observe when we study that personality characteristic. So I think there is some good news on that particular element, but we don't see that, by the way, for socially prescribed. So people that perceive these social environments as excessively demanded, we don't really see that they have any performance benefit from that worldview. And we don't see it also interestingly in other oriented perfectionists. There is a short hit to their performance, but it's only short-lived, and the long-term, and the long-term data on performance for those individuals is also not great. So, so the, the good news is that there is some element of that self-oriented striving that can produce performance outcomes, but we have to be really careful. Because if we go above and beyond, go too far, then we reach a zone of depreciating and sometimes inverted returns.
0: Okay. And then obviously you've teamed me up perfectly talking about what could become detrimental. So what are the downside effects? And I think like very importantly, you know, what could the potential impact on our mental health be?
1: There's a lot of data to show that uh, people high on those elements of perfectionism, self-oriented social subscribe and other-oriented perfectionism also report higher levels of mental health difficulties. Um, And there's two reasons for that. Perfectionism is not really about the goals that we set. Those are kind of after effects. They're kind of uh, things that come from perfectionism, but not necessarily the reasons why perfectionists are displaying these high standards perfectionism really at root is about perfecting the self and that's where we have to differentiate perfectionism from things like conscientiousness flexibility diligence all these other good things it comes from this profound desire to solve and repair defects that we believe that we have and if that's our starting point then we we go through the world trying to solicit and gain other people's approval if other people like us if they validate us then we're worth something And so that idea that we go through the world needing to be approved of leads us to set high standards, excessively high standards, because in order to be, the only way we can guarantee approval is if we excel. Uh, But because those standards are too high in the first place, we struggle to meet them. So we feel very anxious and uncomfortable and self-conscious and self-critical. Um, and then we overcompensate. So what we do is we say, well, uh, I didn't succeed the first time, so I'm going to set my goal even higher so that, I can, uh, so that I can demonstrate to others that I'm really not flawed. And as you can begin to see, they start to get themselves on this negative cycle of self-defeat where they're setting ever-higher goals, failing, self-critical, ever-higher goals, etc. The other reason why perfectionists really struggle is because they set themselves up for failure, and they fail more often than people who are lower on perfectionism, then they are subject to lot of achievement difficulties Uh, they run into a lot of problems at work or in their social lives or in their private lives where they feel inadequate they feel like they're rejected and because they bind their whole sense of self and worth in those achievements and those social relationships then they feel every single bump in the road so not only does perfectionism put us on a cycle where we fail more or we feel like we've been rejected more but also the impact of that fear and that rejection on our sense of self-worth and our mental health is amplified by the very perfectionistic tendencies that are driving it in the first place
0: and how do you know if you're a perfectionist right so and i asked this like contextually we had a team uh we have a like a fake coffee if you will over zoom with the team um this afternoon and one of our colleagues was telling us she's definitely not a perfectionist and everyone else was absolutely clear to her that they thought she was two questions on that right like was she lying to us and she really knows she is or is it possible that you don't know if you're a perfectionist so what are the sort of telltale signs well
1: the big one is self-criticism we're all going to account setbacks, we're all going to account failure, that's part and parcel of development, risk taking and particularly in this knowledge economy where creativity and innovation is cherished and particularly important in a service-based economy like the UK, let's be honest, we don't make anything anymore. You you have to be willing to fail because you're going to screw up. You're going to fail more times than you're going to win. You're going to get the hits, right? And so trying and perseverance and diligence, all these things are are, are, are crucial to success. And if you're able to roll with the punches, if you're able to dust yourself down when things don't go quite so well and, and try again, it's likely that you're not a perfectionist. But if the moment you hit that setback and suddenly the whole world caves in, you overgeneralize it to yourself. You say, "I'm a failure," not not you know this this venture or whatever, but me myself. I'm a bad entrepreneur, whatever it might be. If you start to self engage in really harsh and punitive self criticism, how could you be so stupid? What were you thinking? I can't believe you did that. That's a very strong signature of someone that has perfectionistic tendencies because again, they're internalizing that setback and failure on the self rather than being able to step back and take into perspective all the other things that have gone well and this particular venture perhaps hadn't. And the third one, and this is quite quite important, if you find yourself hitting a setback and then completely withdrawing, because the shame and the embarrassment that you felt from the first setback meant that you can't possibly put yourself through that again, that's, again, another character trait of perfectionism. And it's actually one of the reasons why perfection is a bit of a paradox. We think perfectionists push themselves. They do in the first instance. But as soon as setback uh, or failure happens, they completely take themselves away because they don't want to feel that shame and embarrassment again.
0: albeit for me to force a scientist and statistician to give a hunch on what he thinks might have happened over the last year. But here we are. I mean, maybe you've got some data as well, but 2020, an unusual year for people, um, rise of a pandemic, more importantly, just a change in how people work from home. What have you learned uh, from that experience? Well, if you're a perfectionist, it's probably
1: likely that lockdown's been quite difficult because lockdown has moved us in indoors and has meant that we can't quite do as much as we wanted to do it becomes really difficult for the perfectionist because you want to be working at 110 you want to be on the limit all the time you want to be demonstrating to other people that you're good enough that your work is of a standard that is better than everyone else's they're fiercely competitive so of course you then take you take that away And you say you have to now work in your individual silos it's going to be harder to get as much done as you wanted to get done you can't be in the office to do various things everything's moved online yada 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 Uh, it makes it really difficult for the perfectionist because that's inhibiting their ability to keep going at that level And so we are seeing that uh, come out in some early data that's been published, not by myself, but other colleagues, where perfectionists are finding this lockdown particularly difficult. Um, But we're doing some work. It's very early to say, but as I say, my my hunch is that this hasn't been an easy ride for perfectionists.
0: Great. Okay. What are your top three tips um, or takeaways almost on perfectionism? Okay, three things. So the
1: first I would say the antidote to self-criticism is Of course, self-compassion. You know, when I talk to people and particularly students about perfectionism, the one thing that I see all the time is self-criticism, high self-criticism. You can, t- you can almost see them internalizing any, any bad grade. The, the tip that I tell my students in a, in a very quick nutshell is to think about how you talk to your friend when they've encountered a similar setback. You'd obviously empathize, you'd put your arm around their shoulder. Just apply those same rules to yourself. It's really, really crucial, but being kind to yourself is so important. Uh, the second one I would say is thought diaries I found really useful and trying to relabel and acknowledge and relabel uh, negative cognitions when you feel like things are getting on top of you and you feel like you, you're struggling to cope and that you haven't got enough time or resource or whatever it might be to slow down and just reflect on those feelings. And write them down because often these these are irrational thoughts about how rubbish you are, or how rubbish your talk was, or just how difficult you're finding life, and and how uh, busy you are, and how you know it's there must be something wrong with you if you're unable to uh, to keep up. Just to step back, think of those thoughts, write them down, reflect on them. Don't try to push them down and repress them, and then. Rate them on a scale of one to ten, for instance, of how uh, to what extent you believe them to be true, and then to think about more uh, or better ways to appraise a certain situation. So it might be that instead of castigating yourself for a particular uh, presentation, for instance, you pick out the things that you can learn instead. And and then as as a third, I would I would say try and go about your life. And this is this is the hardest one. Go about your life with courage and being unafraid to show your vulnerable self, to show your real self with all your imperfections and all. Uh, This is the hardest one in in current culture because we're, we're, we're kind of encouraged to put on a facade and go through life with a bit of a shield that kind of demonstrates to other people that we're this idealized version of ourselves and having the courage to push ourselves out there and to say, this is who I am. These are my skills, abilities, and these are my chinks and and my flaws and things that I need to improve on and develop at is really courageous, actually.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brain Care Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And follow us at Your Heights on Instagram and Twitter for daily doses of brain care. If you want to know more about how healthy your brain is, you can head to yourheights.com forward slash brain to get your free score from 1 to 100. See you next time.